All right, so this is Poisoned Podcast, um, and today is a different episode from the last couple, which obviously there is no theme yet here going forward, so this really isn't mucking it up all that much, but um, this is going to be a solo cast. Um, it's going to be a topic that's very, very, very personal and pretty much um, a story about me. Um but it's something that I think a lot of people can relate to and maybe not necessarily in the same way that I did, but enough to where they can see bits and pieces of their own story in what I'm going to be talking about. And so to get to that point right off the bat, um, I'm going to be talking today about my um, my battle, fights, whatever you want to call it, against depression, Um, living with depression, um, which I think is probably one of the, like, more accurate terms um, of the other ones. But it's, it's something that I've dealt with for a very, very long time, Um, and only now do I feel like I'm coming out on the other side? Um, And I basically have gotten to kind of like a milestone for myself, which is um, I'm on the process of getting off my medication that I've been on um, for six years now at at a pretty high dose. And... The only reason I say I'm not finished yet is because I'm still dealing with, like, the detox and the withdrawal symptoms, um, which I will be talking more about uh, for sure because it's a huge part of what I've been experiencing. Um, But basically, this is going to be my my journey through depression and going from, like, literally the the worst of the worst um, to being in a spot where I can... Confidently say, confidently say now that I am a happy person, and that is something that I haven't been able to say for a long, long time. Um, and it's it's pretty incredible that I've gotten to that point. It's a big thing for me, and I'm very I'm very proud of it, and I'm very excited about what that means for my future. Um, I know I'm still going to deal with things. I know I'm still going to face situations that may push me over the edge just a little bit, but I feel now that I have the tools that I need to face that head on and power through it. And that is something, again, that I have not been able to say for a long time. I, um, I've, been, I've been in a very stagnant spot for a very long time because I just get put in that position by... Um, by my emotions due to depression. And, and so that's what I want from this podcast. I I want this to be a, a look into what I've dealt with, um, and how, and how I've addressed it. I want to talk about things like therapy, medication, um, marijuana use, um, is going to be a big part of this too. Um, and anything that in, encompasses what my experience, my personal experience was with depression. And from that, 
I hope that certain people can take out certain things that apply to them and see maybe how there might be a different way to address things. And I don't plan on this, like, necessarily solving anybody's problems. That's not the goal of the podcast. And, like, and I, I want to make that clear. is like, I am not telling anybody this is how you should do things. This is simply my experience and my um, um, journey through through that experience. So like don't don't take this as fact or clinical or anything that's not my goal i just want somebody to be able to hear that somebody else has gone through it and they made it out at the other end in you know mostly one piece <laughs> and so that is the goal because i know that it means something when you hear somebody talk about something similar to what you're dealing with and there's something therapeutic in that there's something um, healing in that and just knowing that other people have been where you're at. Because what depression's really good about doing is making you feel like you're the only one going through this and that nobody else can understand it. And it's just not true. There's so many people going through this. There's so many people dealing with depression. And I understand and I have been there and everything when it feels like there is just no one there to listen but that's what this is for there is someone to listen or at least that has been there that is sharing that they they've been there and there's just there's a lot of meaning to that and that is my my absolute goal that i want at least somebody to get some benefit from this in one way or form i don't care how it is i just hope they benefit somehow in their life um, in their in their dealings with depression, or even or even dealing with somebody they know that has depression, because that's like equally as important. Um, so it's just it's that is that is my mission statement, and I really hope that as going forward through this, it resonates with with somebody out there. Um, so without further ado, um, I think the best way to go about this. Um, will probably be like chronologically of some sort. Um, the one problem I do have is that if I get talking on something, I can totally redirect my focus from where I was going. So I'm not making any promises. Um, but ideally, it would make sense to do it chronologically. And that is as much as I can say. So um, to kind of start it off, um, my life was really good. <laughs> um, I don't have anything that happened to me or was like problematic at home or there's like there was no prior trauma or anything that led to my um to my depression um that's different for everybody so again i'm simply speaking for myself and i cannot say anything about anybody else's experience so for me Mine did not come from any home trauma or any external source um, at all. Um, and for some people, it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way regardless where it's not an external source. Like, I, I do believe that depression is a disease and that... And I do believe that some people are predisposed, um, if that's the correct word, to, um, 
to end up with this disease just like any other. Um, so again, like again, it's all situational. It's different for every person. Nobody's depression is illegitimate because it wasn't the same way it happened to you or to somebody else. And that is super important. That plays a huge role in mine. Um, and we'll get to that later. See, I'm already getting off track. I told you I would. So, um, basically where I'm getting at is home life was good. My childhood was good. I have nothing to complain about there. Nothing that I believe could feed into, um, into where I would end up heading, you know, in the later parts of my life. Um, by the way, I didn't mention that, but I am 26 years old. Um, just so we have like a time frame that we're looking at here. So, um, so from early age to 26 years old. Um, but I would say that middle school and high school is where things started to kind of form where my, um, where my head would, um, eventually end up, I guess, for lack of a better term, that's a weird way of explaining it. But, um, but I would say middle school and high school were when things started forming is the best way I can put it. Um, before that, like, I think I was naive enough to like, just know that I had friends and I liked my friends and didn't really matter. And that's all. So there's, there's that aspect. Um, but I mean, obviously middle school and high school is when things start changing socially and, and physically and everything. So it brings a whole lot of different emotions and, um, and, and feelings around and you have to find a way to deal with those. And, that I think makes it really hard. And I think that's why a lot of people, um, that's why I think a lot of people experience their like, you know, first kind of intro to depression at those years. Like, I don't think that's uncommon again, though, I'm talking for myself. Um, but basically what, what the pattern was for me. And I think what really started bringing me low is that like, I may be very, like, I'm, like, an introverted extrovert. Like, I can be very social, but it takes the right person or the right group. And the thing is, is that, like, I like to be social. Like, I really do. But sometimes it's just hard for me, and I I don't know how to deal with it. And getting into a, like, you know, new age of social activity in, uh, in middle school and high school. Um, it was, it was a lot to take in that I had to learn how to deal with. Um, and it started kind of forming the way that like, I, I thought about life and, and things like that. But basically I say all that to mean that I, I was a social creature. I wanted friends. I wanted to be with, with cool people, people that I thought were cool. And, and I wanted to be part of like the, the popular groups and stuff, you know, like, like, I mean, there was, there was a lot of people, but at the same time, like, I didn't want to give up like who I was. Like, I mean, I, I was a metal music listening, um, skinny jean wearing, you know, like, like kid, but it didn't mean I didn't want to hang out with the people that were like considered like popular. Cause I thought they were like, they were cool people. I liked them. I liked being around them. And there was always like, 
there was always energy in that area and I wanted to be where energy was. I, I feed off of energy very heavily. Um, and, and I would feel that from those, those like, those little populations. Now, my school is really small, so it was a definitely a different experience than what some people with thousand plus um, people in their school experience. So I acknowledge that, but for me, like you know, it's still the very real thing. Um, and it came to a point where, like, I don't ever think I was like outwardly like rejected by any like specific group or people or anything like that. Um, in like, in like joining them in their, you know, lunch table or, you know, whatever the case would be. Um, I don't think it was anything like that necessarily, but you kind of get a sense when you don't necessarily belong somewhere. Um, like you can tell and, and like you can feel it and it it does kind of like weigh on you to some extent. Like I truly believe that. Um, so it was just like hints though, like nothing outward. But I would say, like, when things, like, really started changing for me, um, and, again, like, I'm going to own everything I say, so, like, if you think it's silly, uh, that's cool, and I, like, I honestly, it doesn't even bother me if you do, but, um, but, like, for me, the catalyst for my depression was, um, was getting rejected, um, by a lot of, um, a lot of girls in high school. Um, and like, and I was just awkward. I mean, at the end of the day, I was just awkward. And I, I realized that, um, I don't think necessarily like I did anything like, like that weirded anybody out, but I just like kind of think that a lot of people just wondered like, wait, why are you asking me out? Like that kind of thing. Um, and so it was like, it was a situation where like it happened, it happened pretty frequently, Um, and I just didn't understand. I, and obviously like as you get older, everything starts to click and make more sense. Like your understanding of like how relationships work in, in high school versus how they actually work and like what, what needs to like go into building that foundation and everything. Um, so there's like, like obviously this is coming from in like, ill-informed standpoint where I just, I didn't get it. I, I didn't understand. Like, I, I thought that I was, I was nice to people. Like I always, I was trying to be. Um, and I thought that like, I had something to offer, but lo and behold, the rejection happened. And that started really picking away at like, at my mental, like, like, I think strength is like a weird word, but like, my confidence, like that would be a better word. It would pick away at my confidence. And, and that's kind of like where things like kind of get started. Um, I, I don't blame everything on that by any means. Again, this is also like an incorporation of, of my, like my mental ability to deal with like stressful situations or, or anxiety. Like my anxiety was very bad at that point in life for sure. Like that, that I can tell you. And, and the way that like, I'd always been described in like my younger years is that I was always on. So like, there was never an off switch for me. My mind was always racing. I always had a hundred things going on in my head and 
all this nervous energy that's just consistently there. Like, I mean, it's just sitting there and buzzing. Um, all that nervous energy um, could go one of two directions. And that is either really well and I do a lot with it and become this crazy inventor or something, you know? Like, obviously that's far-fetched, but like, what I'm saying is that it could have gone one of two ways and I ended up going the depression route. And I just, I think that's the way it was going to go. I, I just, I don't know how else to explain it other than that. But, um, but I think the thing that is important from that is that this combination of my mind racing in a million directions paired with trying to learn this new social experience in in high school of like this more clicky type style where there's like really specific friend groups um of dating and relationships and that sort of thing and just like talking to girls in general um and all that sort of stuff you take all these things combined with my mental racing and it's just a really like big cocktail that's just kind of like like set to go wrong and so it did and so like what I was getting at is that I had a bunch of rejections happen for like you know prom or like just to go out or whatever the case may be and usually it was with like girls from like my friend group so it's like I knew the people it's not like I was like just asking random ass people but maybe that's the reason that it wasn't a good idea anyway beyond the point doesn't matter it's not the main point of the story but what I'm getting at is being rejected a lot affected my self-confidence. As I started to lose my self-confidence, I thought it was due to who I was and what I liked and what I was, what I looked like, you know? So basically from freshman and sophomore year where I was really trying to be myself and fit in with groups, that started changing then junior and sophomore year because I felt like the two were directly related. I couldn't like metal music. I couldn't wear the clothes I wore. I couldn't have my hair the way I had it or whatever because that's the reason that I didn't fit in. So then fitting in was the goal. So that I, I changed everything about for myself for the most part. And, and I believe that that is another thing that is extremely damaging to like your confidence because you you throw away about like the things that you liked about yourself and what you enjoyed for the for the like the need of fitting in and um and it it uh i think it really it, it sucks the it sucks the individuality out of you and and when you're a person that's already like i've said is like so on and and a creative person and someone that's constantly thinking that is just like, it's a noxious mix. And so basically I end up like forming these really negative thought patterns for myself where for some reason there's something wrong with me that people don't like me or um, won't go out with me or, you know, won't like interact with me the way that I wish they would. Um, 
And so that's immediately self-reflection. And the thing is, is that sometimes people just don't like people or are interested in people. And that's fine. <laughs> There's plenty of people that I don't like and I'm not interested in and would rather not speak with. So like, that's the thing is like, and that doesn't mean that they're a bad person for that. Like, I just don't care. I'm not interested. And that's what I've learned though throughout the years is that is I've learned so much about that. Um, and that's a lot with the help of therapy as well. So we'll get to that point in a second because we're getting there um, eh, kind of soon, not really. Um, but basically to kind of wrap up high school, I changed everything about myself to fit in. And that wore on me because it wasn't me. I was being somebody else and that more negatively affect my, my self-image. Um, and from that point, you know, you graduate and go into college, which is this another huge explosion of a new social experience. And as we've already explained, like that's kind of been like the, the traumatic part for me, like social experience is traumatic for me. I like it, but it scares the hell out of me sometimes. And that is like an immediate shock after I've just started like getting into what I thought was a groove in high school. Um, even though it wasn't me, like then you get college and it's like, all right, here you go. Try again, do what you can. And there's a really cool part about that. Like the idea that you're dropped off in college, you probably don't know most of the people there unless you're going in state with some friends, whatever. Um, but you can really reinvent yourself. And there's, I don't think there's a single thing wrong with the ability to reinvent yourself, I think is a, is a good thing. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with changing for yourself. And that's the big difference is that like, you know, I, I changed who I was for the sake of, you know, fitting into a social group. Um, that's the bad one, but doing it for yourself, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's any problem with, um, making changes to what you like and don't like about yourself for the sake of um, creating who you are. I think that's a very natural part of life. Um, so, so reinventing yourself is by no means a bad thing, um, just if you're doing it for the sake of other people. I think that's a problem unless it's getting rid of like really negative habits, but that's a totally different thing. Um, anyway, that is, that is what college should bring, and... I don't know that it really did that for me. I, I got back into the things that I was originally interested in, but socially, I didn't reinvent myself. I didn't come in with any more confidence. I didn't um, come in with like this, this plan to like, you know, meet new friends and so on and so forth. Um, I think that was to my detriment. Um, I think if I was, if I just, if I was just able to forget, you know, the past struggles, as, as you'd say, um, if I was able to just, like, forget about that and say, all right, this is a new chapter, let's go fucking make something out of it, um, it would obviously be a different story. But, again, the, the beast that is depression is really good about making your confidence low, keeping it low, and making it very hard for you to want to put any effort into those sort of things um, because you just don't think it's going to work out anyway. Um, you're so self-defeating that 
you tell yourself that everything is going to fail pretty much. So it just, it just stifles you. So if I already am thinking that whatever, whatever effort I put into, you know, making this friend or, you know, starting this relationship or whatever in college, if I already think that it's going to fail, um, without even like making the effort, um, then yeah, I don't, I don't know that you'd be able to overcome that necessarily because I don't believe in myself. So why would anybody else like have any interest in, in believing in me in any way, you know? So coming into it, um, I was, I was just already down and defeated. So I, my likelihood at that point of being able to make something successful out of my college experience was pretty slim and it was, it was mostly my own doing, but again, like depression played a huge role because it had started. Um, as, as the things from high school built up and, and I got more unsure of myself, um, it definitely came to a point where like, I was like really sad a lot of the times. Um, and I didn't feel like I could get out of that sadness. Um, so I would, I would definitely say that depression had started by then. Um, so with that being said, I'm now going in to college and new situations, um, socially, um, a little depressed and unsure of myself and really like still trying to figure out my identity as a lot of us are at that time. Um, but like, I was already just putting it myself at such a detriment for the way that I, I thought about life. Um, but then on top of that, I just like, I wasn't really willing to like meet people or give anything a chance. Like I became like very like aggressively introverted in that, like I maybe had like one or two people that I really enjoyed, like communicating with and you know I would I had a couple of really good friends there don't get me wrong um and this is my first year of college but um but I mean I was I was definitely like aggressively introverted I was for whatever reason um like aggressively against like like college culture and lifestyle so I um I was I wasn't straight edge. Like I would never, ever consider myself a straight edge person ever, 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 ever. So it's going to sound like it if like, if that's what you think it is. Anyway, point is I wasn't going to drink until I was 21 and I wasn't going to like, like, um, do drugs or anything. That was something for whatever reason that I believed in myself to do. And I'm not entirely sure why, because right now I could give a fucking shit, but it was just part of me figuring myself out. Um, I did at one point want to go into law enforcement so that I could work with police dogs. Um, so I think part of that and like the fear of like getting caught and stuff, um, prevented me from, from doing anything. But even before I had that mindset, like I wouldn't like drink uh, in like high school or anything like that either. Um, just so for some reason, like that was something I just wouldn't do. And I don't necessarily know why, cause I don't actually care, um, in this point in my life. Um, and looking back on it, like I wouldn't have cared if this was the mindset I was in. Anyway, that just adds an extra barrier to me getting to know people in college. Um, 
that's not to say that people don't exist that don't like party and do stuff like that. But like, I mean, it definitely is a huge part of that culture and you're hard pressed to find somebody else um, that wants to spend their weekend differently. And again, that's not to say it's always the case. You can definitely meet people. And like, I had friends that I could go and like see a movie with or something. So my experience was not all bad, but the problem is, is that in my depressive state, I viewed everything as bad always. So if I did go to a party um, with like my friends or whatever, like I always just sat there being miserable and t- instead of trying to have any sort of a good time. Like it, I, I cannot imagine that I would have been an enjoyable person to be around at this point because I was probably bringing down everybody's time because I was just a very unhappy person and, and didn't want, um, and just like didn't want to change. And so I went through much of my first year of college just extremely depressed because I wasn't making any social connections. I couldn't understand the way to navigate the, the area and so on. Um, and on top of that, like I just didn't do anything to, to better myself. Now, at that time, I was doing martial arts, so like that was the one positive that I did get out of that first year of college, and I really enjoyed that. Like I got so much out of that. And it's funny because like I talk so much shit on it for myself personally. Now, um, the idea of like exercising, like I just I hate exercising. That's a totally different topic. But like I really loved martial arts, and and I think that that could have been a really good thing for me to get focused on and put a lot of time and effort in because I think it would have benefited me a lot in the long run. And that's a really good spot for. Um, for us to kind of like sidestep into like one of my like views of depression and, and dealing with it. Um, because that, that was a misstep that I made. I mean, I, if, if I had found something that I enjoyed, I should have stuck with it. But again, like depression makes you think about things differently, but, um, but I didn't stick with it. And so I didn't get the benefits of doing something that I enjoyed on a regular basis. Um, and I think that's such a huge mental help to you when you're when you're at least sprinkling in something you enjoy amongst all the days that you're not enjoying. If you can at least get one good day out of those days, like that's such a that's such a huge, huge step forward. And so I guess like my first little thing is that like I I think that's so important that if you find something you love stick with it, keep doing it, even if it's hard, because that's going to be how you end up getting out of this. One of the things, but again, I didn't, I didn't take that route. And so for me, I, I left something I enjoyed and, um, and went to community college, um, for school the second year. Um, so that meant I moved back home. So I removed myself from a really large, like, social like pool and put myself back home and um and further like reclused myself and and among those years in um or among that year those years among that year that I spent in uh in western illinois um i i like i got severely depressed i i got I wasn't, I would not say that I was suicidal at that point. I don't think that truly happened until later, but 
that is when the ideation definitely started creeping up. And ideation is still very dangerous because it regular, like it, it makes it, it makes it a norm. Um, when, when you start like making suicidal ideation, it is something that you constantly feed to yourself. At least I did. Um, in that every day you kind of reiterate to yourself that like, man, this would just be better if I wasn't here. And, and that's what I was doing. So I just kept digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and telling myself that over and over and over again and, and, and thinking about it and fantasizing about it and stuff. And, and that's the, um, that's the, the thing that's dangerous because when, when you make that your, um, your main thought process, that's, that's what gets you closer to the reality of it. And, and it's, it's a really scary path to start walking down. Um, but that is, that is when it started getting really bad for me is everything stressed me out so much. I had so much social anxiety and I was like, I was just so stressed out about all of everything that, that college was bringing to me. And, um, and so I got so overwhelmed that like, that was my main thought process was like, man, I wish I wasn't here and I bet it'd be better if I wasn't. And, um, and that's what I, I wish, you know? Um, and it was, it was a, a habit that would continue for pretty much up until like the past year, honestly. Um, and, and that's, and that's where I noticed it starting bad was in, um, was in that year of college. So that's where that started. And then I pulled myself from that situation, um, which was probably good because I was so stressed and anxious. Um, but at the same time was removing me from any ability to grow. So I went back home and, and went to community college and, um, and nothing of any bearing happened that year. Like, cause I wasn't around anybody. I was literally home every single day. Um, I would work, go to community college and then go home. And so I was spending all my time around my, um, my family, which is good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but spending all my time in that situation and, um, and not like not not growing as a person and that's and that's like a big thing for me is like i feel like i need to constantly be growing and i was just so stifled that i i didn't even try but i know that that was also something that was affecting my like my depressive feelings um and yeah, nothing, nothing really like happened. Honestly, it was just a very stagnant period. Um, I was pursuing a degree I wasn't interested in going to a school. I wasn't interested in learning things. I wasn't interested in working at a job. I wasn't all that interested in. Um, and it was just all very like bland and boring. And I didn't like, I didn't grow anywhere. I didn't grow my creativity in my skill set and anything. And I think that was a huge detriment, um, for me. And I know I've been using that word a lot, but, um, that's a, that was a huge detriment to me because, um, cause I feel that need. So 
year two comes and goes, and then I, I decide to move to Colorado. I, I, need to, like, I need to make some sort of difference for myself. I need to try something. And I found a school out here that I could go to. I switched back into pursuing criminal justice so I could work with police dogs because that's the one thing that consistently brought me happiness is dogs. So I was like, I want to work with dogs somehow. And that's the only way I knew how. So I found a college um, and applied and did all that stuff and um, found a living situation and so on and so forth. So make the move out to Colorado and that's a good step. I needed to move forward, like I've said. And, um, And so I now live back in a social situation that I wasn't necessarily ready for. Um, because that, that year off kind of, again, stunted my already like low social confidence and increased my social anxiety. Um, it was a little bit different though, because it was more of like, it was, it wasn't dorms, but it was like apartment living, um, but only with students. So it's pretty much dorms. Um, but regardless, the point is, is that I was at least in a scenario where I'm stuck with three other people and I'm going to have to be social one way or another. That did pose its own set of problems. It stressed me out a lot of times, but I made a few really good friends out of those scenarios. Even if they did only last for, you know, the year that I knew them or whatever, um, some lasted longer than that even, but the fact of the matter is, is I was being forced to at least try. And, and on my end, I did try, but I was still very stressed and anxious about it all. Um, so that's kind of what puts me in a new space, but doesn't necessarily address any of the problems that are underlying. And, and a lot of that is just is in my mind and, and my confidence and stuff. And so I'm still not really fully equipped, but at least I'm doing that thing where I can reinvent. I can be who I want to be now. And, and I did. Like, I mean, I, I became more of myself as college went on. So I'm starting to find my identity, but... I'm finding that, but still not necessarily getting the confidence to handle a, a, you know, a social setting. So that's kind of what, what brings me out here into Colorado and gets me going to school and so on and so forth. Um, I worked a job that was neither good nor bad, but the fact of the matter is, is this kind of starts another wave of like, of how my my relationship life goes and how that affected me mentally and and stuff like that because i i place a lot of of bearing and and a lot of myself into into love and relationships like i am very focused on that i like that is that is th- something that is important to me um so the reason that that affected me so deeply and depressed me so much when I would, when I got rejected, like in high school is just because it's such an important thing to me. Like I want to be in love with somebody and I want to be loved and, and I want to feel that like connection through relationship. I wanted to feel that care and that love and that, that, um, 
just like that, that connection, like I said. And, and so the next little round of, of things that come around start in Colorado in the, in the first months that I'm here. Um, and I didn't mention it, but the, the years prior, like nothing really happened. Like I, um, I made an attempt to get a girlfriend in my freshman year and that didn't really go well because I was so like on edge and just like, and like over eager to like meet them. And so like, I was just overwhelming. And so like, that didn't really end up doing anything. So that just affected my confidence in the matter, even though it's, again, this is all on me, <laughs> you know? So, um, so anyway, fast forwarding, I told you I jump around. Um, I moved to Colorado, have a job that is just a normal retail job. Um, but I do meet somebody that I'm like really interested in They're Um, they were cool in the way they dressed. Um, and I've always like really been interested in fashion and, and, and the way that people dress themselves. Um, so she dressed cool and liked cool music and stuff. And we like, we clicked at work. So it was kind of something that like, you know, um, I could, I could feasibly work, work my way into like a relationship type setting. Um, and, and I did, like, I, I actually went out there and made an effort and, and that's, um, that's a big deal. Like that was, that was a big step for me because again, like my social anxiety was so bad that that sort of thing, like put me on edge. Um, and, and a lot of times I just avoid it, especially with the, like the background. Um, and so we we went out for like two weeks, but I again like this is on me. Like I was just very cleany right off the bat. I was so insecure that like I was terrified of this just starting relationship ending. You know, like already at the get go, it sounds ridiculous now, but like right from the beginning, I was terrified that it wasn't going to last. And then I would never find anybody else to date. And like, it's, it's absurd, but that's, that's the way that my mind worked. And, and that's what affected my like depression. Um, so, um, basically it ends up ending and, and that kicks me down a few notches and I get pretty depressed. I go through a, a big depressive streak there. Um, time and lengths, I honestly don't know off the top of my head anymore. So I couldn't even tell you like how long, um, but it was one of the big dips and, and for depression for me, at least like it was an overall feeling that I was constantly in, but there would be times where it dip really low. And, and those were like the, the big periods where, um, it's, it's when you don't want to go out and do anything. You want to stay in your room all day. You want to, um, you know, shirk your responsibilities and stuff. And, and I've never really done that. Like I've always shown up to work, whether I was like depressed or not. Um, but it's the type of depression is the, um, is that one that's kind of debilitating. And, and so that's what I ended up in, um, as a result. And, um, and so just had a rough time dealing with that. Um, if I, uh, if I didn't mention, um, this was my first relationship. So like, like I'm already, um, you know, freaking out over, over my first relationship at 
that lit didn't even last that long and um and like again just getting so inside my head that like oh my god like I there must be something wrong with me I there must be a reason that like um I can't seem to do this right you know um so just getting super down on myself and like and burying myself lower in this in this like view of myself um so that's kind of like where where things kick off um but it sets in course just a really interesting like range of events that just like kind of roller coaster all over about now that I'm like thinking about it and and basically what ends up happening is like that ends I worked there for a little bit longer um she quits before that um even so like that wasn't even a factor. It was just like, I was sick of doing it, but I kind of tried to find something that would make me happy. Like I wasn't happy at school cause I didn't like my classes. Um, I didn't like criminal justice. I just wanted to work with dogs. Um, and so like, I wasn't being fulfilled. I was good. Like, like college was pretty easy for me. Like I can bullshit my way through a paper, but I wasn't being stimulated. I wasn't being fulfilled. I wasn't doing things I I enjoyed. And, and that's, uh, and that's definitely, um, definitely to my disadvantage. Um, so I wanted to at least do something like, give me something that I can do that I enjoy. Well, I want to work with dogs. What options do I have? Can I get out of this retail position? Um, and I found a dog daycare to work at. And that has been an overall positive. Um, because at this dog daycare is a, a locally owned thing. And there's four locations and all this other stuff. Doesn't really matter. But point of the matter is, is with it being a small business it provided an opportunity for everybody to really get to know one another. And if you formed a like good relationship with somebody like that was, that was important and they're going to look out for you. And like, and it was a very family vibe. Like it really was people would come and go, but you had your constants that, that like you knew you could count on. And like, even if you didn't talk every day, like, you know, I would still consider them friends to this day, even though I haven't talked to them in, in years. Um, so that provided like a really good group around me, um, um, socially and like, and we're all a bunch of like socially weird people there because we all work with dogs and not people. That's why we work there is to work with dogs and not people. So it's, it's a place that was, was of overall positive. Um, I got to know the owner of the facility really well because like I, I really enjoyed working there. I took a lot of ownership over working there and wanted to make sure I did like the best job I could. I, I worked my way up and, and, you know, just, just really put all my effort into it. Um, but as therapeutic as, as the dogs were, um, getting a really good relationship with the owner, um, who became like, for like lack of a better term, like a mother figure out here, um, just because my mom was back home in Illinois, um, I would talk to her a lot, of course, but to have somebody that I was seeing every day that cared about like how I was doing, um, that was like a different kind of thing. And so I, 
I got a lot out of out of that relationship and being able to um to come to them when I had like issues going on um because I am the type of person that likes to talk things out I I I like to talk that's why I'm doing a fucking podcast (laughs) um because I get a lot out of saying the things that are on my mind out loud and so if I'm going through something rough I like I want to talk about it and I had never done like therapy before and never thought about doing therapy before and it definitely becomes a huge part of my life later on um shortly later on so we'll get to it but um but like i mean she was kind of a therapist role for for you know any lack of a better term other than like a a mother figure even um but uh but i could voice everything and feel confident in in the person in which I was relaying that information. And so that was a really positive thing to come out of that. So things move forward a little bit and get to know some new friends, so on and so forth, and kind of get set up on a blind date and it goes really well. And I actually start dating the person. So this is kind of like where the next, um, like, I guess, chapter of the story starts. And that's that, um, that's that this relationship I was more confident in because we clicked really well, like being together was really easy. The other, the problem was though, is that again, I was very insecure and very like immature in relationships just in terms of like, I didn't know how to handle them that, um, that I um, ended up, you know, kind of bringing that one to a close too. Because again, like I was just so, I was so overwhelmingly like cleany. Like I, I don't think I was necessarily like jealous because there was never really any instance of that. But like, but like I just, I always thought that any second everything was going to end for any reason. And it's just so like unrealistic. And but that's how I thought about things. I thought that every good thing that happened to me wasn't gonna last. Because do you remember I said that earlier and that like I was very self-defeating and that I didn't believe in myself and so people didn't believe in me. Like so what I put forth into that relationship was a lot of insecurity and cleaniness. And I'm sure that there were some good times. Like I truly do and I know there were. But the overall part of it wasn't that healthy and you know and it it got broken off because of that but also because like she had her own things to work through but that's irrelevant and like not not the main reason like i know i know that like i was a lot to handle um and again like these other things definitely had roles to play too but like it's not it's not the main cause. The main cause is that I'm insecure and I didn't know how to handle things. So when that one ended, that was my longest relationship because it was like my second relationship, but my first real, real one that lasted longer than like a few weeks. It was devastating for me because I I truly believe that there would never, ever be anybody else again that I would meet um, and fall in love with. Um, so again the mind really does some mean things to you when you're depressed. (laughs) So 
basically, um, that is when things started getting really bad for me, and my depression started hitting, like, the worst that I've been at personally. Um, uh, suicidal ideation had always been a thing, but it was, it was a constant, um, I did start cutting myself, um, I, I think a lot of it for me was from, um, like a, a sense of like, like, I guess self-hatred, but kind of that, like what I was saying earlier of like, I, I didn't think I was good enough in that, like, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that's the main reason why, like, I know, like, for everybody that's cut themselves, like, there's, there's a, there's a different, like, reason and a different thing they, like, got out of it at that time, um, but for me, like, it came from a place of, like, very angry sadness and a very, very, um lack of concern for my own well-being and a desire to like like I don't know like to to hurt myself um maybe maybe it was to like get a get a taste without going the full way if that makes sense um but yeah that's when that started and my social anxiety was still bad, but like just like seriously at an all time high. Um, and it was a very, very troubling time for me and my personality, like for the most part, you could tell like when I was like badly depressed, but for the most part, like if I was depressed, like you couldn't really tell I was still normal for the most part. You could, you could, um, you could see my personality through it. If I was depressed, like every aspect of like who I am as a person is gone. And I'm just like a, a like faceless being that's just like existing right there. So, um, that's, that's when things became like super noticeable like that consistently. And that's where, um, uh, the dog daycare goes back to playing a role. And the, the owner of that, um, company, because like, cause she knew me so well, she was like, are you okay? Like, is there something going on? Because it's obvious that there's, um, that you're not all right. And, um, and so, like, I just fucking poured out everything then and there. We had a three-hour conversation, um, and during that conversation, the topics of therapy and medication both came up. Um, medication has always terrified me, um, the idea of, like, antidepressant medication, because I, um, 
because working around the dogs, um, some of them do get like Prozac and stuff um, for for serious anxiety issues and stuff. Um, but since they're dogs, it's hard to know what the correct dose is for them because they can't tell you how they feel. But you see a lot of them as zombies. And there's even some people that are on way too many antidepressants that are just zombies. And that idea scared the, the hell out of me. Um, also, I just have an aversion to medication in general. I don't like it. I don't really take even like Tylenol or, or Advil or anything. Um, or like, like cold medicine. Like, I just, I don't, I don't like medicine and that's a different topic. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. The point is, is, um, the idea of medication, I was not very fond of, but during our conversation, the way it was explained to me helped it make a lot more sense and made me understand on why it might be something that would benefit me because she explained it like this is a disease and like props to her for like seeing it as such because it's not how a lot of people see it um but she's like my friend with asthma if she doesn't go um if she goes a day without like her inhaler and stuff you know that's a that's a huge risk um if um if she tried to live without an inhaler it just doesn't work she needs it. She has asthma. Like, that's a disease. That's her condition. And it's the same thing for, for us with, with depression. Um, sorry, I just realized I'm cracking my knuckles, and that's probably coming through on the mic. So if it is, I apologize. Um, little caveat there. But, um, but, yeah, so depression being a disease, if you have it, you need medication to mitigate it. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people and some people that maybe think they don't, that could benefit from it. Again, this is your journey. You take it your way, but this is what happened for me. I was scared of medication, but I was explained, it was explained to me in a way that made sense and made me understand why it could be a benefit and, and made me comfortable with taking the steps to at least see what the psychiatrist had to say, you know, um, it at least got me in the door because prior like to that conversation, I wouldn't even considered it. So not only that, we talked about therapy too. And like, obviously with like how much we talked, um, it was clear that like I would get some benefit out of therapy. So she, she would talk, she would talk about, um, trying to look into that too. And I was lucky enough to have that available on campus at college. So, um, so that was a really nice thing is that we had free counseling on campus. And I know a lot of colleges do. So like if you're a college goer and listening to this and like you feel like um, therapy could be a benefit, then just check out what your college campus has to offer. And not all the counselors there are going to be great, but some of them are going to be phenomenal. And I happened to get one that was really great. Um, so before we get to that point, though, um, I went in, um, got on antidepressants after seeing the psychiatrist, and basically um, started that. And from then on, my dosage increased because 
I just, I really have battled and battled and battled with depression. Um, I've been on medication for six years and I am now off it and dealing with the withdrawal and detox. Um, so that's a huge deal. I didn't think I was ever going to be off medication and that scared me. That was another huge thing that like, I didn't want to have be a fact in my life and why I was so hesitant, but we get on, we get me on medication, we get me with the therapist and, and that begins those things. And so I start seeing the therapist regularly and I cannot tell you the benefits of having a good therapist. And if you go to a therapist and that person is not clicking with you, go to another one. And if they're not clicking with you, go to another one. Find the right therapist for you because it is so beneficial. I cannot explain the benefits that it brings. Like, I, I just cannot. Because having somebody that can understand you as a human and what your, like, what your, like, essential needs are and why things are so difficult for you in different scenarios to be able to find somebody that understands that and can help work you through those situations in a way that makes sense to you is just like, it's, it's so helpful. Um, so seriously, I feel like if you've gone to therapy and like you had a bad experience cause the therapist sucked, I've had bad therapists before. Find a new one and try it again. Like that's my best advice to you because it will help you out. And for me, therapy helped me get over social anxiety. I still have a little bit that's there. Um, but like the social anxiety aspect of things is not an issue like it used to be. And along with that, it built my self-confidence. We talked through everything and the way I perceived things. And like what it helps you do is realize that um, the way you're thinking about things is not the way they really are. And it's not always the most realistic. And, um, and sometimes your mind is just tricking you with, again, especially with your uh, depression. Um, so that is what therapy did for me. So that in conjunction with the meds, things got better they weren't great, but they got better. We were in a stable space. It lasted that way for a little while. Um, yeah, my ups and downs and stuff, and I'm not going to give you my whole life story because gone on long enough as it is. But the fact of the matter is, is it worked for a little bit, but I worked my way up to the highest dosage of medication because things still weren't good enough um, that I felt like I was okay. Um, suicidal ideation stayed with me throughout this entire six year process. Um, so a few years go by, things happen in between there. Um, and we hit the like absolute next low. And this, this is the, the lowest of the lows. And this would be a couple years ago now. Um, but I, I kind of had a, I don't want to word it in like a really cliche way because I, I don't, I don't know that you can, there's, there's multiple factors to it, but in layman's terms, I had a mental breakdown or a existential crisis, I guess. But what I see it as is that I'm an extremely creative person that wasn't being creatively 
appreciated or or pushed and I like I panicked with where I was at in life and I felt like I had to get out of the dog daycare because things were going on there that I didn't like and I was getting really stressed out and um, my living situation was sucking um, and I just I needed I needed to make changes so I started like trying to figure out what other things I could do I left and I went to work at UPS and um and UPS um not not them like specifically but like but like that time period I guess is what I should say um is when when things were at their worst and I I'm I'm not being like over dramatic or facetious when I'm saying that like there are a few times where I probably would have killed myself if it wasn't for a couple of things which um which I'll I'll bring up at that point but basically from freaking out at City Bark and and feeling underappreciated and like all this other stuff and like and and really viewing things in like a very fatalistic way in that like oh that's the end of it everything's gone to hell like we're fucked um i like i tried to find other things that i could do for work that might give me time to do um like more creative things and give me a little more financial freedom ups was offering pretty good money so I went there and what happened there, I, I truly don't know. I don't know where I was at in life. I don't know what was going on in my head, but I went into UPS in a pretty bad state. I was optimistic about the job because it had like a lot of financial benefits and like I'm a hard ass worker. So that part wasn't a problem, but mentally I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for a lot mentally and I was so fragile at that point. Um, my, I like my therapy was less consistent. Um, and it was with a therapist that I thought was okay, but not great. Um, so I wasn't getting great therapy. I was just on the, um, the highest dose of, um, antidepressant I could be on. Um, and, was just kind of coasting but like my my mental state just kept getting more fragile and and again like this constant thought of like suicidal ideation um wasn't helping anything so by the time UPS um comes around the that that point in my life um my entire like schedule gets switched up in which I'm like I'm working like overnight pretty much which I've never done in my life I'm not a overnight person, but like I was, uh, I was doing like, um, I think it was like 10 o'clock to nine o'clock shifts or something. I can't remember the exact timing. Um, but I was basically doing these overnight shifts and sleep, like fucking up my sleep schedule that bad, um, was, a huge, huge mistake. Um, what my thought process was is that, well, fuck, if I do this, I have a lot of time to get other things done. Like I wanted to work on my photography and like, and pursue other endeavors. But in reality, I just fucked up like my entire sleep schedule and, 
and ruined like what little sort of consistency I had in my in my um mental state. So I I totally I totally fucked that up. Um I was um I was smoking pretty much nonstop throughout the day. I wouldn't say nonstop, but like what I'm getting at is like I would smoke weed until I was like just on the couch as a vegetable and like I'd probably like be playing a video game or something, but I wouldn't be very aware of it and I certainly wouldn't be enjoying it. And I just did that because like I could not handle anything. At that point, I wanted to be not there and that is the best I could do for that is just get so stoned that I just wasn't really there. I was just like going through the motions. And um and I know that kind of comes out of nowhere cuz we haven't really talked about weed and marijuana usage, but like I would smoke on and off um and like and like I would smoke, but I wasn't like I wasn't getting that high all the time. It was more of like something I'd do at night after work or like or something like that. Um, but it certainly wasn't excessive. But it got extremely excessive at that point. But um but I do believe it's just like the way that I knew how to handle everything that was going on, and that was to just like tune it all out. And um and so like my like my relationship with with weed is like pretty like um patchy like right now i think it's pretty good like i enjoy smoking weed and it does good things for me i do believe but it also does kill some of my motivation <laughs> obviously so sometimes i hate it because like i want to be creative and do things but sometimes i'm just not because i'm high so it's something i'm still toying with on my own but like i'll do sober months and i'll like I'll keep in check, like, where I'm at. I'm not getting, like, absolutely toasted every time. So that's a little sidebar about that and, like, and like kind of my history and present with it. But at that time, um, I mean, like I said, I was, I was trying to be a vegetable. So that's what I did. I pretty much went to work at UPS, um, got super stressed out, um, uh, got super stressed out all, all day and night. Um, I frequently, um, I'm, I'm talking by frequently, like more than three times over the two month period, um, was in such a hysterics that like, I, I would have killed myself. Um, I was ready to do it and I was considering it and I was thinking about repercussions and what would actually happen in that case. And at the end of the day, the one reason that I am alive and I say this with a heavy heart, I say this with all truth and honesty. I love my family to death, but they were not on my mind at that time. What was on my mind was just my dog, you know, and, and for for us he and i have like gone through a very similar life journey um he uh he got tossed out of a truck and um became extremely fear aggressive in the kennel um at the rescue he was at um and through a lot of work and like progress 
um, he and I bonded extremely heavily, and I just truly believe that that's because of where we were at in our lives. We were very similar spots. Um, sorry, uh, I get really emotional about this part of uh, of things, so I apologize. Um, but he truly is the the only reason that I I am alive. Um, because. I thought about my parents and my brother, but like my rationale in my head was that I, I knew that they are human beings and they could figure it out. They could come to terms with it. They may forever like live with that, like on their heads and they may be forever scarred by it. But I knew that they could, they could understand to some extent. Cause I mean, my, my family does have a history of depression, but nobody's committed suicide or anything. Um, but, um, but I knew they could come to some sort of terms with it. I didn't believe the same was for, for my dog, Owen, and I didn't think that he would be able to, um, ever recover from not having me around. Um, and that, that like, that fucked me up more than anything. So like, that is truly the only reason that nothing happened at that point. Um, and, and it really hurts to say because like, like, again, I love my family, but like, it wasn't because of them. It wasn't because of my friends or anybody else. It was just because of my dog. But I think that's something that's like really important is that like, sometimes you can find some strength in things that you wouldn't expect. And like, uh, I can't get off this wavy voice. Sorry. One second. Uh, okay. Um, sometimes you're going to find a lot of strength in the most unexpected of places and you need to grab onto that and hold on because you really never know what it's going to be. And for it being my dog, that like, I mean, that saved my life, you know, for somebody else, it's going to be their, um, I don't know, their love of a, of a sport that they're really good at and they're playing or, um, you know, whatever, but whatever it is that keeps you around, like grab onto that and like, don't let it go because that is so important. And I promise you, it will make all the difference. Um, so anyway, um, moving out of that, that time period, um, so yeah, I, I, I had a couple of severe breakdowns, um, before my shift started, um, at like midnight or whatever. And where I would like, I, I called my brother twice at like midnight, uh, I think it was one o'clock Minnesota time. Um, I might have that backwards, but, um, but I called him twice just like sitting at work on the dock waiting for the UPS trucks to pull up to load him and crying my fucking eyes out and like you know just spilling all this stuff on them at one o'clock in the morning um so so yeah that was a really rough time and there's so many factors that went into it like i said severely changing your schedule while your mental health is already pretty weak um is really dangerous i think and um and also the the way that that place worked was also not very healthy in that um 
it was just, it, it was not run very well in a way that's like conducive to somebody that works really hard. Um, and we'll just leave it at that. But, um, but those things all paired together along with me, you know, smoking until I wasn't functional and not doing anything that was creatively, um, pushing me, um, just like it, it got me to the edge there. And, and luckily nothing happened. Like luckily nothing happened. That's the best I can say. Um, but because it didn't, um, things moved forward. I went back to the dog daycare for a little bit. Um, tried a couple other jobs, um, and got hired on at Nordstrom, which was actually a dream job of mine for a long time because I was interested in fashion. It wasn't quite what I expected it to be. So at the end of the day, like it wasn't the right job for me still, but at least I got to experience something that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. And I was really excited about that. Um, and because of getting hired there, I actually ended up meeting, um, my, my girlfriend now who like, I love more than anything in this fucking world. And she is the most goddamn supportive person I've ever met in my life. Um, and, and she is the one that is helping me with everything mentally at this point. Um, basically, Nordstrom brought upon its own sets of stress and like and frustrations, but at the end of the day, I do consider it a net positive. Um, I mean, obviously because I met my girlfriend and um, and I know that we're gonna be together for a very very long time. Like I am confident of that, and you know, you guys don't know us and stuff very well. Um, she's been on a couple of the episodes, but like. Just know that I'm very confident and I'm a different person now in that I know how to handle social situations. I know how to handle relationships and I know how to um, be a more rational human being and just take things as they come. And I'm so comfortable in where I'm at right now. I'm in such a positive place. But Nordstrom did bring about its own problems. Um and I, um, I ended up leaving there and going to other jobs. The jobs aren't the point because now we are where we are. I am with the dog daycare right now. Um, but what's important is, is by going to Nordstrom, meeting this girl, Miss Bailey, like I said, she's been on the podcast. Um, by that happening, my life has taken an entire 180 and I cannot emphasize that anymore. Um, meeting her and, and asking her out and falling in love with her has been the most important part of my life journey so far. Um, because everything positive radiates out of it. Um, like I said, she's extremely supportive. She wants me to be the best person I can be and wants to help me get there however she can. 
She wants to help me be a positive person. She wants to get me out of funks. She wants to keep me mentally healthy and everything and put so much effort into doing all of that. And it's because of her and like how we've, we've built this, this relationship and, and talked about things and how I've grown as a person that, um, that I was able to start thinking about the idea of coming off my meds. Um, this is kind of a different topic. So it introduces some new things that I actually haven't mentioned yet before. Um, basically I did try coming off my meds one time because I was sick of them. I was sick of every time I missed a dose, I felt like I was like having withdrawals and you are, if you miss a dose, um, at least with mine, because it has a super short half-life. Um, but, um, but I came off way too quick without a lot of guidance from my doctor because they weren't very helpful. Um, and came off way too quick and I experienced like very, very bad withdrawal. Um, the dry heaving, the brain zaps, if you're on medic, uh, antidepressants, you may know about those. Um, and, um, and everything. So, it was a really rough time and it scared me to fucking death. Like that was the roughest thing I had gone through physically, um, in, in a very long time. So got back on medication at that point. So that, that was like, that was like three, four years prior. So like I said, I've been on them for six years. I probably stopped about halfway or tried to stop about halfway and then got back on them and was on them for again, a long time. Um, and, when I tried getting off them the first time, I wasn't doing it for the right reasons and I wasn't mentally ready. So that was a bad decision. And there really should have been more care on the doctor's end to check in and make sure like you're good for this. Like you're ready. Right. Um, because I, I really wasn't, I really, really wasn't. Um, and basically, um, Basically, that went really poorly and scared me from the idea of doing it again. But this time around, we took it super slow. I stepped down um, one one step um, every two months, I think I did it. Um, it was like a seven-month process. And, um, and just ran out of my last dose, like, um, what is it now, like, close to a week ago. Um, I think Saturday or Sunday might've been the last, um, pill I had. It was Saturday cause I didn't take it Sunday. Um, so, um, so I weaned myself off of them and that process was pretty easy, but let me tell you, if you're going to be weaning yourself off of your medication, I mean, seriously, you need to do that with your doctor. Um, you cannot do it on your own do not cold turkey it. You will severely hurt yourself. Um, possibly not guaranteed, but it is possible that you can have seriously serious issues in your brain. Um, so do not cold turkey. Do not do it without supervisor, your doctor supervision of your doctor, because it is not an easy process. Um, and if you rush it, the end is very, very difficult. And, it makes or breaks you on whether you're going to stay on or if you're going to finish it up. Um, I have just now come out of the worst of the detox. Um, 
the first, like I've, I've researched a bit, not a lot, but I was just trying to find out how long am I going to feel shitty for. But um, basically what I was learning is that you notice symptoms after you miss your first dose, like most of, most of people that are taking antidepressants do, unless you're on a very high half-life um, dose. Um, like Prozac, I think has like a 12 hour half-life, but don't quote me. I don't know anything. Um, anyway, mine is a super short half-life. So I felt that shit immediately. Um, it was about halfway through my day on Sunday. I started feeling very nauseous, dizzy, lightheaded, all those symptoms that you get with a withdrawal from an antidepressant. And, um, and then that just got worse for the next four days. Um, the four days, well, I can't say four. The next three days were excruciating. The fourth day was less so, but still problematic. The fifth day has, has been much easier, and the day following is easier. But you still feel the symptoms. The symptoms will last for three weeks is what I read, um, but they're not going to be anywhere near as bad as those first three, four days. Um, it takes typically four to five days, I think, for the worst of the symptoms to persist. And then they start tapering off after. But it's different for every person, so do not quote me. But just know that if you're taking this journey and you're getting off your antidepressants, it does, I promise you, it does let up. And in those days when it was at its worst, I really was like... I was like, I just want this to stop. I cannot handle this anymore. I spent three days in bed, straight up. Three days in bed um, because I felt so awful. Um, your head is just constantly getting those brain zaps, which it's really hard to explain if you don't know what they are. So I'm not going to try, but look it up online. You can find people explaining it. But yeah, so it's constant brain zaps, dizziness, lightheadedness, nauseousness that's caused by all these things. So it's like the only way that I felt okay was to lay down and close my eyes. I could feel those brain zaps still and I could still like feel how my head did not feel right and it and it made me feel sick, but at least I wasn't up and looking around and moving around cuz that made it all worse. Um so I understand what you're going through if you are or if you have. It is a nightmare of an experience. Um, that's not to scare you away from doing it. If you're ready to make that step and get off your antidepressants because they're not meant to be forever, um, some people are, and that's not a problem. I'm not saying that. But they're, they're really meant to be something that helps you through this period until you can learn how to cope on your own. Um, at least that's how I see them. And that's how I always felt like they should be for me at least. So if you are thinking about it, do it. I encourage you and just know that it's long to get down to the point where you're off and that once you're off, it's not the end of the road yet. You got a little bit more to go, but I promise it lets up and that it will get better. And I already have seen in myself this energetic, um, I guess like revival. <laughs> I don't know. Um, like antidepressants kind of damper this on button for me. Um, they, they reduce that anxiety and stress by limiting how on I was. <laughs> um, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So that's my experience with them. So right now, like 
I'm just getting this like huge flow of creative energy. Um, I feel really motivated to do things like make this podcast. I could have kept putting this off and playing Red Dead Redemption because that's what I'm obsessed with right now. Um, the second one, um, I could have kept doing that. Um, but right now I'm super creatively motivated and I have a lot of this energy that I'm like kind of trying to figure out what to do with. So I do think there's a huge benefit to coming off. But again, that's not everybody's journey. And I am not a physician. I don't know you. I don't know what your experience has been. So you might need them forever. And that is okay. That's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with that. This is just my personal journey again. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with the medication. Um, six years of doing it. And, and I'm finally off, um, still dealing with a little bit of this, the withdrawal symptoms, but they're not anywhere near as bad. Um, and I'm really looking forward to see what happens. Um, once my head is like fully cleared up and I, I can, I can get cracking on, on everything that I've been, I've been trying to for the past, you know, three, four years. Um, but it took a long time to get there and that's okay. Um, everybody's experience is different. It takes everybody a different amount of time. Um, and I guess like, again, like we're kind of coming to the close. So I'm, I'm thinking of final thoughts and, and what I want everybody to leave with instead of just a story of my depressive life, you know? Um, I, I do want this to benefit somebody. Um, but I, I just truly believe that there is like to, to wrap it all up. I truly believe that there's benefit in medication. There's benefit in therapy and there's a real benefit in being able to learn how to analyze, um, analyze yourself, analyze situations, analyze life, analyze everything. Um, being able to think and critically think and, and, and be logical, be able to like see things in those kind of pathways that, that is all super important in this, like, in this, I hate calling it the battle with depression. It's so fucking goofy. But in this battle with depression, um, that's what you need. Like, you need these things. These, these are the tools to help you, to help you fight it. So if you're one of the people like me that hates medication, hopefully this helps you look at it in a bit of a different way. If you're one of those people that, um, that's extremely self-defeating like I was, hopefully you can kind of see how like my change in mindset, sorry about that car horn. I am home with the windows open, but, um, but what I was saying was, um, if you're, if you're one of those people that's really insecure or like, or, or something of that nature, you know, hopefully, hopefully hearing me say like how I kind of got through it will help you out. And like, again, like therapy was such a huge help for me on that. Um, so I can't, I can't emphasize the importance of these things enough, but at the end of the day, like nobody on a podcast has all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I'm not even that big of a podcast person. Like I don't have that many episodes or anything. Like I'm not doing anything special, but Nobody has the answers, but you can get so much input from so many people that you trust, and that's important. Find input from people that you trust and... Get, 
I'm getting a lot of background noise right now, and I apologize, but I don't have great tools to edit this, so we're going to have to bear with it. Um, anyway, um, it's going to benefit you to no end to just talk about this with somebody. Don't keep it inside. It doesn't help you any. You can't figure it out on your own. You, maybe you can. I don't want to tell you you can't do anything, but maybe you can. But it is such a hard thing to do on your own, and I would never encourage anybody to try because it's just not an easy journey. And the thing is, is that, like, my, my biggest thing is let things play out, you know? I, you heard me talking about my, my, um, my, you know, trouble getting to the, the point I'm at now and, and going through my extremely like suicidal period where like there were a couple of instances where I could have ended it and I didn't. And I am so happy about that. Um, I know it takes so much more than somebody saying that to like get you out of that mindset in that point in time. I, I, I do understand, but I just hope by hearing that I'm helping somebody. Um, cause it means a lot to me. This, this topic means a lot to me in general. I think, I think mental health is so like, like criminally under, like underappreciated and, um, and not really focused on by, by professionals or, or like health centers and stuff. I think it's, it's a focus, but it's a very small one when it really needs to be a much bigger one. Um, especially since so many people right now with, with social media and with, um, the political climate, no matter what, you know, side of the fence you're on, it's stressful for everybody. I don't care who you are, right, left, or anything, because it's a tense time right now. Like, people are at each other's throats for, in a lot of cases, not very many good reasons, but we're just also tense. And mental health is like the thing that is the most important right now. And I just really think the focus needs to be there. So, this is something that, like, I care deeply about. I don't know anything about anything. All I know is my own experience. But Again, like, I really do hope that if if you listen to this and you got something out of this, I I am so happy about that. Um, it maybe seemed a little self gratifying in that I'm pretty much just telling you everything that I dealt with, but I I do believe there's benefit in that. I've listened to podcasts like that, and I I found um, comfort and support in just hearing somebody talk about their experience, and so I know that there is there is benefit to this. So. For those of you that got something out of this, that's for you. Um, if you didn't, um, you know, then maybe it just wasn't directed towards you. But hopefully in that situation, if you know somebody that is dealing with depression or is um, living with somebody with depression or any sort of thing, like at least now you can sympathize. At least you, at least you know what it takes for some people. It's sometimes it's not a lot. Sometimes it's a girl rejecting you, and then that kind of kickstarts your downward path. And like, and again, like I know that sounds silly. I know it. I get it. And like, you know, flame me all you want on Twitter. I don't care. <laughs> but the fact is, is that like, for everybody, it's different. You can never compare yourself to anybody. Everybody's like handling of their, um, 
you know, their mental state is entirely their own, their own thing. So like, just because they're starving kids in Africa doesn't mean you have no right to be depressed. There's no right to be depressed. It's a fucking disease. Like you cannot let yourself get in this thought pattern where you think that you have no, no reason to be depressed. You have no right to be depressed um, because you have it pretty good. That is not a thing because the fact of the matter is you are depressed and you do deal with it. And your choice now is to like either find a way to deal with that or keep telling yourself you don't deserve to be that way. And, um, because you have it okay and pushing yourself further down the hole and, and it's a very real trap to get stuck in. And, and again, like I was, I was there at one point. Um, so again, I'm getting long winded and I do apologize. And if you stuck with me throughout this whole thing, like I, I truly cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. I might come back to this subject at some point because, I'm sure I'll have more to say, and especially after I've lived off of medication for a little bit, I think there'll be more to say. Um, but for right now, for the sake of all of yours times, um, I just want to say that, like, I fucking love every one of you out there, and, like, every one of you matter. And if if you're dealing with something, like, you fucking got this. Like, you got it. Like, trust me, you do. Um, so... That's kind of what I want to leave you on. Um, I am going to link my Twitter on, um, down below. I don't use it that much, to be honest, and, like, 90% of it is, um, like, wrestling-related or probably music-related. I honestly don't know. I don't, like, I haven't been on there in, like, a month. Um, but point is, I'm going to open that, like, I'm going to get back on there, and I, I, I know I don't have a huge platform, but if... If anybody has a question, comment, concern, inquiry, anything, like, please DM me on Twitter. Like, DM me on Twitter if it's something serious and personal. Um, if you want to talk shit, make it public. I don't care. Um, but the point is, is that, like, I, I want to be a person that is available to people dealing with this sort of thing. Um just as someone to like bounce ideas off of, you know, if you're dealing with something and you need to know like something like bounce an idea off me. I'm not a clinician. I don't know. I can't diagnose you. I can't do anything of any medical importance for you, but I can say, Hey, I was there one time and I promise you, you will get through it. I can do that for you. So if that's what you need, like, please feel free to reach out. Like I said, I'll have it linked in um, the show notes. Um, so you guys can do that. Um, but that is my goal for this. This is all This is all about bettering all of you and hoping that you guys now have a little bit more insight into something that's, like, really not addressed as no- enough as it should. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Um even though I said that earlier. Um, long story short, we'll be back um, at some point. I'm, I'm going to be serious about this, I promise. Podcasting is something I really want to do. I just still am doing kind of whatever I want with it. So there's no structure, there's no format, there's no rhyme or reason, and hopefully that's the way you like it because that's the way we're doing it. So 
I'll have an episode out eventually. If you stick with me, fucking rad. If you don't, that's okay too. I don't blame you. Um, but we'll probably be talking about, uh, let's make the next one a WrestleMania podcast. That's what we're going to do. I'm setting that up right now. April's coming up. We got WrestleMania and we're going to have a fucking WrestleMania podcast, breaking it down, talking about it with Bailey. Um, and I think that's going to be fucking cool. So that's going to be the plan. We're going to do it. Mark my words and fuck me if fuck me up if I don't. Um, with all that being said, love you guys. Um, take a look at the show notes for links to um, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Keep an eye out out for other episodes coming up. Listen to the other ones if you haven't already. Um, they're crazy and all over the place. So um, hope you guys have gotten something out of this. I've been. Wind on and on and on. So we end now.